I'm Dan. And I'm Alice. Today, to finish up the North American creation stories, we're going to be looking at one from the Inuit people, and a quick review of the terms we're looking at. So there's separation, succession, ascension of male over female, and dragon slaying. There's my usual disclaimer that there are people who still believe in this, and we are doing our best to be respectful while still making this interesting to listen to. And obviously let us know if we make a mistake or something. And we'll do our best to fix it. Yeah! The Inuit people have always been greatly impacted by imperialism, and obviously the people who now live near their settlements. You may know them better as Eskimos, but they really do prefer to be referred to as Inuit, or in singular terms, I believe it's Inuk. There are many different stories from the Inuit people regarding creation stories, and I believe other ones as well. Which does make sense, since they are a wide variety of people who span large swaths of land. In fact, they live largely in Canada, but overall their sort of quote-unquote area spans from Siberia to Greenland, which is, if you don't know what that is, you can look at a map. But It's it is called very intercontinental. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. It goes from Europe to Europe. Yep. Despite the large area they encompass, the Inuit people do broadly share a language and culture from what I understand, and since it was and is more difficult to have permanent settlements because of the cold, so you don't have as regular of food sources, so it does make sense that they would have similar ones even if there's like different groups because they'd have to come across each other during their migrations. Now we can transition into the story. I chose a story that I found in the Library and Archives Canada, which is possibly not the most encompassing, they didn't refer to them as Eskimo in that, but oh, their sources did mention, did mm. refer to them. So, well, that is uh, certainly a bit of a telling sign. Yeah. Unfortunately, I wasn't totally sure on the other sources that I found when I was looking up. So, I'm doing my best, but there's obviously things I can't do without, like, traveling to Canada. <laughs> yeah, or like spending eight hours on research, which I really don't have the time for. But we are doing our best, and at the end I will mention a bit about some of the other ones I found. And they were very short, so that I was also a little leery about using them. So, in the beginning, there was nothing but water. Then, suddenly, rocks and stones rained down from the sky, creating land. I want to put in a quick side note, I know it's very early on already, but I find this very interesting since meteors and asteroids did rain from the sky at a point during what's called the Great Bombardment, though scientists believe that they brought with them water rather than water already existing. So they brought water to the land instead of land to the water. Yeah! However, meteors and asteroids do still come into orbit. The majority do burn up in the atmosphere, but some do send pieces raining down onto Earth. I know that there was a pretty prevalent one in Russia like five years ago or something. I actually, a while ago. I actually did some quick research and found that this year alone there are 12 visible meteor showers throughout the world. Um, and another fun fact is that they do tend to occur during like the fall and winter seasons and especially in, you know, areas like, say, Russia. Mm -hmm. So basically it is very plausible that the Inuit people did see something like this more than a few times, you know, just even within like each person's lifetime. Yeah, so it really does make a lot of sense for them to have that as a thought, like, oh yeah, this isn't uncommon, so... You kind of take inspiration from what you see. <laughs> yeah. So, science aside. <laughs> yeah. So the rocks rained down and created the land. 
There was really only darkness, and the humans and animals lived together as though they were one species. They even took one another's shape sometimes. Then there was the creation of words. Since words hadn't been used before, they had a form of powerful magic. Whenever anyone used words, strange things would happen. You know, actually, with everything in the story thus far, I think this one takes the cake as the creation story with the most scientifically aligned events. And quite frankly, I too find strange things happen when I use words. Yeah, I was going to mention something about this later, so stay tuned. <laughs> Foreshadowing accidentally. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> one time, a fox saw an arctic hare. The fox said, dark, dark, since he wanted to steal meat from the humans. Though, in theory, it was already dark. He just wanted the extra security, you know? I guess. Not sure. In response, the arctic hare said light, light, since it wanted to find food in the grass, and such was the creation of day and night. In this way, many other things were created with the power of words. So this is the end that I have. And I find the story very interesting, since there is a lot of respect for animals, as they were treated as sort of quote-unquote the same species as humans. So it kind of tells you, you should be respectful to animals. And I agree, you should be. Also, as a quick aside, I've noticed that that was a huge theme throughout most of the Native American stories that we covered, because yeah. a lot of them had often either the animals living alongside humans, interchangeably taking each other's form, or something of the sort where animals would always play a huge role in the creation of the earth. Some even just knocked out humans altogether. Yeah, very often they actually existed before, which also has scientific basis. Not here to talk about that. We are here to talk <laughs> about the Inuit story. They also have a huge respect for language. And I find it hard to believe that they didn't believe that words did have some amount of power. Which is actually true. It's scientifically proven that words have a large effect on the way you think about things. And language is a part of what makes us such an effective communal species. I mean, there is literally an entire section in psychology where you learn about the effectiveness of different words and the ways of thinking in language and how that can like not only impact you as a child growing up developmentally, but how it can also help you change your thinking process very quickly, surprisingly enough, even as an adult. So, we will continue this conversation at a different time. You might be able to tell we may or may not have a future episode planned. Yes, we are very excited about this, <laughs> and so... Coming <laughs> soon. How soon? We won't say. What's your definition of soon? Sometime within the next five years. Ah, then soon, yes! Very soon, yes. <laughs> anyway, I am a fan. Same here. <laughs> now, as I promised, I'll take a moment to mention a bit about the other stories that I read. So one common thread in other stories was a person who was part raven, or at least could take the form of a raven. I like it. Yeah. The stories very much vary past that, but this raven person is considered very important in creation. Ooh, what did he do? Well, there are, like, lots of different stories that I've seen, but in one of the stories, he stabbed his beak into the earth in order to keep it in place. Honestly, I stand. That is really metal. <laughs> I know. I was like, ooh. While this character isn't present in this story, there is certainly a similarity, since in this story it does mention that animals and humans could take the forms of one another, mm -hmm. which the raven person, no matter whether it was a raven first or a person first, would have been able to do, because it's considered to be both. I would highly recommend like looking it up and reading some of them, because they were all very interesting, and they were very short. A few sources linked in our Twitter at NerdHoursPod. Yes. <laughs> We tweet out fun facts every other day that may or may not scar you for life. 
Plug aside. <laughs> On to the four elements. So there's separation. With separation, there's an obvious difference between the water and the land, as well as between animals and humans, even though the story does say that they lived as one species in the beginning, though that does imply that they no longer do. Mm-hmm. So there was eventual separation implied already. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's not, like, super, super prevalent, but I think any time that you consider things as different, then you're, like, separate. <laughs> yes. Then there's succession. I personally didn't really see very much of this, unless you count a succession of events, which is just a timeline. So not so much there. Then with man over woman. The only characters that are specifically talked about are given male pronouns, though that might just be translator or something similar. European influence. Hmm. But from what I can tell from the other stories, the raven is also always referred to as male. <laughs> so generally, there seems to be a belief in the importance of males over that of females, but it certainly isn't an ascent, and I'm not sure how much we should read into that because obviously they probably had some European influence before it was written down, and it was likely written down by people who were European, and there's like lots of stuff about like imperialism that has impacted it. So, those are things to consider. It's very possible that they do have a more patriarchal society than some of the other Native American tribes that we've looked at, but it's not certain. Finally, there's dragon slaying. This also does not really exist here. There isn't any sort of monster or too much of a conflict shown, at least in the story that we're looking at now. Basically, a lot of the elements, I'd even argue to a small degree separation as well, don't really appear in this story then. Yeah, it's really interesting because I feel like the Native Americans are, have been the most separate from the other ones, yeah. which is very likely to be because they were so isolated for yeah. a very long time. I was going time. to say, I wonder if it's because they were separate from the Afro-Eurasian influence yeah, of the interconnectivity of the trade routes in those areas. Yeah, like the Silk Road. I think that would also bring up another very interesting point of how there are some similarities between the Native American stories and also some of the Eastern European stories, and whether that was just due to, say, old influence from um, Asia in particular, or if it's just because humans, exactly, if humans just tend to lean towards certain commonalities in their stories and explanations of creation. So yes, interesting things to discuss in our um, two discussion semifinal. Episodes. Exactly. <laughs> Look forward to them. Next time, we'll be presenting the South American creation stories, starting with the Mayan one. So, thank you for listening, folks. And we'll catch you next time.